0: Our final episode in the spring cleaning series is about action. Yes, action. Because thinking about anything will get zero things done. But when you start to introduce and implement the three action steps we're going to learn today, everything changes. So let's begin. Hello, good day, everyone. Welcome to the Strength, Yoga, and Freedom podcast. That's right, this is the podcast where we use the philosophy of yoga in a very practical and everyday way, one small step at a time to become happier people, maybe to become a person who's got a little more purpose in their life. My name is Justin. I am so glad that you're here. This is the fourth and final episode in our spring cleaning series and we're going to be talking today all about letting go part two and the three action steps to releasing just really what isn't serving you anymore. And We're going to really talk about people and we're going to talk about places today more than we talked about the things That aren't serving us. We talked a lot about that in in an episode last week, and we're gonna talk about how this all ties together in just a moment here. But I do have some exciting news to let you know. For those of you that also follow the Strength, Yoga, and Freedom YouTube channel, don't forget two things. One, these podcast episodes are also put out on the YouTube channel on Tuesdays and Thursdays when they get released in the podcast world, they'll get released on the YouTube platform as well. And then I have a brand new yoga class coming out on the channel on Wednesday, May 24th. I'm not gonna tell you what it is just yet because I still have a little bit in the works, but I am so excited to bring you another physical yoga practice to the channel. And it is going to be an all-levels practice, so if you've never practiced yoga before, It's a great, great class for you, and we've got all kinds of other beginners to advanced level classes on the YouTube channel already. There are a lot of them, so go check that out. The link is in the description of this video or this episode of the podcast, whichever you're listening to. So as we continue these uh, episodes on spring cleaning, I wanna remind you of two things, and then I wanna ask you a question, all right? So let me start with these two reminders. Number one, The episodes of Spring Cleaning that we've been doing are rooted in... Well, really all of the episodes I do here on this podcast are rooted in the eight limbs of yoga, uh, which are a cycle. Maybe you call it a path. Maybe you call it bumping into them while you're on this path. I don't know, but they're not a checklist. They're a cycle. So you're constantly kind of bumping into these eight limbs or running into these eight limbs as you're walking the path of life. And number two... We are specifically referring to a yama of yoga in the, in these series specifically, which is aparigraha. That yama teaches us about release and letting go in all aspects of our life, not in one aspect of your life, not in a half aspect of your life, or maybe a half-assed aspect, but it really is all aspects of your life. So be sure to listen to the first three episodes about spring cleaning, the two that aired last week and the one that just aired previous to this one before you listen to this one. So if this is the first time you're discovering this podcast or you're just clicking the first episode, be sure to go back to the very first episode regarding spring cleaning, which was three episodes ago. There were three before this one. And so those are the two reminders. Now, the question I want to pose for you is this. If you have listened to those episodes, what actions have you already taken with regards to your spring cleaning? Because we really talked about what letting go was really all about a couple episodes ago and how it leads to a deeper sense of purpose and fulfillment. Then we explored how to clean up physical spaces. And then we talked just the other day about how the mind can be decluttered when needed to be decluttered, especially when we use the phrase YOLO or we use the acronym YOLO, which is the phrase of you only live once, which so many of us use, oh, YOLO. And then we go do fun things, which is great, but that's only half of the equation because the other half is saying YOLO and doing the hard things, okay? So it's not just for funsies; it's also for doing the hard stuff. Because the you from, that's in five years from now, the you that is in five months from now, the you that is that is in five days from now, or what about the you that is in five minutes from now? You that you deserves the YOLO that is not just going to give you temporary fun, but is also going to give you long-lasting, plentiful, beautiful bounties of happiness, purpose, and fulfillment. So again, what actions have you taken? So I'm going to leave you to ponder that as we move into today's topic. So maybe come back to that question or write it down and come back at the end of the episode. But the three action steps today So what we're talking about to release what isn't serving you anymore. So before I get into those, let's talk a little bit about where this is all coming from. So we're going to be talking about people today because not just me, but all of you, all of us together have all had trauma in our lives and we've all had trauma with regards to relationships in the past, not just events that have happened, but relationships in the past. And what I have found on a very general scale is that friendships, uh, relationships that you have in family dynamics, work relationships, intimate personal relationships, whatever, they all have kind of a service life. People come into your life so you can experience something, okay? So let me give you an example. Now, I just said that word service life, and I said the word service life, the words service life in the last episode as well. The words service life are used in the amusement park industry. Now, if you don't know, already know this about me, I am a huge theme park fan. I love them. I wouldn't consider myself a roller coaster enthusiast. I think so off topic really quickly, I think a roller coaster enthusiast and a theme park enthusiast are two types of people. The amusement park enthusiast is me. I like the whole experience of an amusement park. I like the way it smells. I like the way it sounds. I like the way it feels. I like the way it looks. I like all encompassing, right? A roller coaster enthusiast generally likes to go get roller coaster credits, uh, focused on how each roller coaster differs from another, seeking out certain elements in roller coasters. I like that, but it's not kind of my focus. So, kind of getting back on the topic, I'm kind of more about the overall experience from the food to the shows to the atmosphere to the if it has a water park involved, can I relax? being outside, but I do love the thrills too. And when a ride, a thrill ride, it doesn't have to be a roller coaster, when a ride of any kind uh, has been around for a really long time and a park decides it's time to make room for something else because the ride is either getting you know cost prohibitive or maybe guest satisfaction comes down or the drive to ride the ride has come down, Parts maybe are harder to get or more expensive to get or manufacture. And really, it's just time for the ride to lay down to rest. A park often says that the ride has reached the end of its service life, which is a very nice way of saying, okay, the ride, ha- the relationship to the ride is over. And so we have those dynamics in personal relationships as well. Now, How does this relate to personal relationships? Well, when this happens to a ride that I have found a new experience on, a ride that has tested my limits, a ride that has aesthetically beautiful to watch, a ride that knocked the shit out of me or scared the shit out of me, or even a ride that has taught me that I am capable of withstanding something that I didn't think I could. When that ride is removed, even though maybe I kinda knew it was coming in my soul, uh, and you know you can feel that when it comes to relationships, right? Something's gonna come to an end, like you can feel that happening. A grieving process begins. Now, you might be sitting there going, you're really gonna grieve over an amusement ride? Well, not because of the actual physical ride itself, which is kind of an inanimate object, that is breakable by cranes or bulldozers or whatever, but it represents the experience. And what I learned about myself through an experience like that. The experience is actually what I grieve. But then I realized that since I was on it dozens of times, hundreds of times, whatever it might have been, the initial fear might be gone. There's less challenge there's less surprise, and the ride might be getting rougher and may not leave me feeling as good as before. Use, let's take Splash Mountain as an example. If you did not know and you're a Walt Disney fan, Walt Disney World fan specifically, Walt Disney World is removing Splash Mountain which opened in 1992 at Walt Disney World. And 20 years later, they have now chosen to redo the entire ride. They're knocking parts out of it, putting new pieces into it, and redoing the entire experience. And when you get on to the new one, it is going to feel like that brand new experience that you might have had when you initially rode Splash Mountain. Now, whatever reason Disney's has behind taking it out on its business level, it's time to understand that that ride has reached the end of its service life. The experiences that we have all had for 20-plus years have now Come to an end. Now, why are we talking about rides and why are we talking about Splash Mountain? Because the same concept applies to the relationships we have and hold with other human beings. This also applies to the places you might go or you interact with human beings at. An example of this is when I quit drinking because it was getting out of control. And I don't mean I quit completely, like getting completely off, but I had to. My relationship with alcohol was getting so out of control that I had to shut down the current experience with alcohol and take a huge, huge, huge break from the amounts of alcohol I was consuming because the drinking was getting so bad that it was out of control. And the people and the places that were enabling my drink, were drinking, were places and people that I could not associate with anymore. So instead of everyone else asking everyone else to change what they do, I changed what I did. And for those of you that did have quit something like that, like quit drinking, or you've quit smoking, or maybe you've quit something else, and suddenly the people around you start to change, well, that's because their life is centered around when the next drinking event will take place, whereas your life is maybe centered around the next whatever it is. For me, it was the next yoga class I was gonna take. So my life was going in a completely different direction and you know how many times I tried to break free of that before I was actually able to do it breaking free of the of of these places and these types of relationships that I was constantly putting myself back into and drinking so crazy so much that I got so crazy and out of control you see it took me a long time it was like I was just Going in, coming out, going in, coming out, going in, coming out. And you've had this experience with things before, I'm sure. It takes a very long time to finally step all the way out. And I would go back and forth. But those friendships that were revolving around drinking reached the end of their service life. And so did the places that I was going. Now, I want you to give yourself permission to know when the end of a service life in a relationship has come. Are you gripping that relationship that constantly makes you feel like you aren't worthy of being seen? Do you find that you are controlling what your partner does now so it will make you happy? Side note with regards to that, if you're talking to other people about your relationship and using negative terminology like these words, yelling, I get in trouble, she hates when I do X, Y, Z, He will be so pissed if I blah, blah, blah. I have to do ABC or else they are not going to talk to me. If you are talking about that to other people constantly, you might need to look at where this relationship is at in its service life. And I don't mean that you vent to your close friend every now and again because you need an outlet. That's healthy. I'm talking about doing this on repeat. On repeat. I hear that in my life now all around me. Constantly hearing the same negative talk about relationships. Relationships are not meant for you to be in constant struggle. There are going to be ups and downs. You're going to be growing, but this is where you know something isn't right if you're constantly having negative talk about the relationship, constantly. Like, I mean, you know it, don't you? You know it and you deny it. And I don't mean just a close, personal, you know, an intimate relationship. This is any relationship. You know, okay? You know, and you deny it. You need to be honest with yourself and you need to be honest with me right now about the relationships that are not working. And on the flip side, you also know when you can work through a situation as well. You know when the actions are proving that someone is willing to work through things and you also know when you are going to work through them as well yourself. So give yourself permission also to know when it's not the end of a service life, when you know the relationship is worth fighting for. And maybe that requires you to do maybe some therapy or you know work with a counselor, a medical professional, whatever. But it's important not to confuse the two: the end of the service life or one that, you know, you're going through these ups and downs, and there's growth, and there's things that happen here and there, and you're working through them. But when it's a cycle, that's when you notice there could be the end of a service life. So this all leads us to these three action steps to release what isn't serving you anymore. And I want you to think about these three action steps before making any determination that you must remove a person from your life or you move on. Because the thing is, it's key to follow what your higher self is telling you, not what your ego and your need to be seen is telling you. Number one, first action step, Really determine whether your relationship is repeating cycles or whether it is just what I described, a willingness to make some changes to grow. So I want to elaborate on that just for a moment. The first action step comes down to what I believe is a very simple way to notice what is happening. It's simple. Do you have actions matching your words in your relationship? You. Are your actions matching your words? Usually if you do not, it is a sign that you might be stuck or another person is stuck, and more communication is needed. So if you have started to work on healing process in a relationship, it might mean that there will be boundaries set, counseling, compromises, whatever. But the difference here is someone is really seeing you, and you are seeing them. And remember, this is on repeat. This isn't where someone sees you for the first six months, and then turns the tables. It's actually when someone sees you and when you see them. If your relationship starts to feel like that ride that's going to close and you have tried to adjust, you know, how you sit in the ride vehicle. If you put your head back against the seat and all of a sudden it's now jarring you back and forth like it never did before. If you've lost some weight and now it feels like you have that great wiggle room for yourself, but the ride throws you around, it might be time to accept that the relationship is not where it used to be. Now, where you go with this is completely up to you, but I have found that the renovations in a relationship sometimes work better than tearing down the relationship for good. And I have also find that it works in reverse, but I determine that solely solely off of actions and I don't determine that off of words. So you literally take action while you're interacting with the other person by listening more, observing more, and adjusting yourself more as you make the determination on whether the relationship is going to grow or whether it might have reached the end of its service life. Number two, this is the next one, creating some space or some distance. Now, I don't mean you move away temporarily or you stop talking to someone completely permanently when you're trying to figure this out. And this one also may seem like it's for romantic relationships only, but it's not. It works for all other relationships. And here's an example. Let's say you work somewhere and you always say, oh, I love every single person I work with. They are like my family. All right, well, number one, The people you work with are not your family. They're not, and there's two reasons why. One, because being family, that word, doesn't automatically make you closer to someone. And number two, when people are working, there are many other factors at play, including a desire to be liked, a desire to please and perform well, and a desire to feel seen and valued. And when people have these desires at work, unfortunately, you come second, third, fourth, etc. People are going to save their own asses at work before ever saving yours. And if your place of employment, God forbid, were to close or were to burn down or get destroyed by a tornado, or as we've all experienced in the past several years, undergoes this huge change where now you're not with these same people anymore every single day, who are you actually going to keep nurturing, fulfilling, purposeful, and mindful relationships with. Listen to those words again. Nurturing, fulfilling, purposeful, and mindful. Think about that. So if you need to experiment with how this might feel, just give yourself some space, back up slightly. What is your life like with a little more you and a little less of all that relationship? Just a little back up. And again, we're not not—we're talking about action steps to let go here, not action steps to feed an ego. There is never a need to explain to anyone that you need time to yourself. And there's also never a need to explain to someone why you have moved on if you choose to do so after attempting to work through things or grow together. And it is just not working and you know that and the other person does too. And with that also, sometimes the only conversation you may need to have with someone is watching how they behave. If someone constantly is putting you down or making everything your fault and blame shifting or gaslighting you or name calling you, using the silent treatment, yelling at you, undermining you, being lazy, procrastinating, and you're not that person and it's not working, then they know deep down just as much as you why things have changed. And therefore, you don't owe anyone that explanation. That behavior is their own explanation. And you backing up is your own explanation. And if you're treating someone where you're gaslighting them, or you're yelling at them, or you're blame shifting with them, or name calling, or you're not talking to people, you know deep down the reason you're doing that is because the relationship isn't working. That's why. So it's time to decide where you need to go next. Number three, this one is my favorite. Add something to your life that you believe in, or that fuels your fire, or that makes you happy that doesn't involve the other person. Okay, that seems weird, but let me explain why. Here's what this does. It brings back your belief in something. That's right. It feels like you are staying in touch with yourself, and it also feels like you are not being held back by someone else or something else. So let's go back to the whole theme park thing and me. So I actually lost that connection to theme parks for a while, for probably a period of three to four years, because all the relationships I was in called for doing things that they wanted to do. And I went along because I was, you know, I wanted to belong and I had lost myself and I just wanted to do what everybody else was doing so I could feel seen. And I lost it, I lost the connection. And then once I actually added the whole, okay, let's go to theme parks for me because I feel good when that happens, I actually found myself not as available for the people who weren't available for hanging out with me no matter where I was, whether I was somewhere around you know home here or at a theme park. And am I mad that they didn't want to hang out with me because I'm starting to do more things for myself? No. Am I feeling FOMO because or fear of missing out because I don't know what's going on with these people? No, why? Because the relationship I have with that experience, that theme park experience, fuels my fire more than sitting around and listening to everyone complain or gossip about their woes all while drinking a bunch of alcohol. Does this make these people bad friends or bad people because they complain and they procrastinate and they gossip and they drink a bunch of alcohol? No, it doesn't make them a bad person at all. What makes me a bad friend is staying friends with people in a close way whose goals I do not align with. That's what makes me a bad friend. Why is that fair to them? You begin to pour into the things that you that fuel you and suddenly a new crop of people arise who have the same interests. Now, will these people have a service life through the end of your life? Who knows, okay? And so what about those people? What about those people who you think of or who those wonderful partners you think of where you have them in your life and you're able to weather all kinds of storms together and then decades go by and you're still rolling along strong. You know what I say to that? Tell them every day how grateful you are. Tell them because those relationships are really unique. When you click, with that person and you're growing together, 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 together. So unique. And it doesn't matter whether it's a close, personal, intimate one. It could be any kind of relationship. Tell them how grateful you are. Tell yourself how grateful you are. You see, everyone is passing through your life to teach you something. Even the people who you do not get along with from the get-go. They're teaching you something about yourself, about how you interact with the world, and one of the biggest lessons in spring cleaning is this, learning when you can let go of someone or something so you can create room to grow into the best version of you that you can because you deserve that. The you in five years from now is waiting for you. They're waiting for you. And you have to make the decision now based on a graha, based on letting go so that that person in five years has fulfilled meaningful relationships where you're growing. It has been wonderful to talk about spring cleaning with you. Please leave a comment in the YouTube channel uh, in the comment section if you this resonated with you. As we move forward in springtime and closer to summer, remember the spring cleaning cycle is that, it's a cycle. You just repeat the cycle over and over again. You're continuously cleaning the cobwebs, cleaning through, clearing the slate because you deserve to do that. And so does your future self. So until the next episode, enjoy the cleaning and enjoy what it does for you. You deserve it. See you on the next episode. Okay. One last thing. The content in the Strength, Yoga, and Freedom podcast is not intended as a replacement or a substitution for the advice of any medical professional, like a physician, a psychologist, or a qualified therapist, or any other medical professional. It is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only.